This is Disney Forever. Welcome to our perpetual Disney movie investigation podcast. I'm Void. I'm here with my co-host Katie, who has amazing pull quotes like this. How could you spend a million dollars in just six days? <laughs> Today's feature presentation is Blank Check from 1994. Katie, what is this movie? It's about a kid who has no friends and has a pretty suck family uh, who gets hit by a car and then ends up with a blank check that he writes himself a million dollars for. That's a really good summary. And that's kind of the entirety of the movie. Um, We'll get into that here in a second. So I pulled history for this one. There's not a lot. This is one of those in the 90s that just like, I don't know, there's not a whole lot on IMDb about or on um, Wikipedia or like any of the places where I start to dig in and look around. Um, there were a couple things I pulled out. So this was filmed in Texas across a couple different cities. It was Austin, San Antonio and Dallas, all of those areas. Um, the castle house that he buys is actually a Texas historical landmark now. Um and I thought that was kind of cool. And it looks like it's owned by somebody in the film industry these days as well. I don't know if it's because it was in this movie. I kind of doubt it. But it's just a general historic landmark in Texas. Um, the theme park in the movie is Six Flags Fiesta, Texas. And then um, the other thing I pulled out here was that it got an average grade of A- minus from audiences using the cinema score scale. Um, and I pulled that out because it's kind of interesting because the critical reception actually wasn't good to this one and i don't think you or i liked it very much but i did see that like audiences at the time thought it was pretty good like a minus is actually a really good rating on the cinema score scale i mean i think i thought this movie was very cool when i was a kid so yeah and it's definitely aimed towards kids um and then the only other thing i saw was that it grossed 38 million worldwide so kind of light on the history behind this one but high level what did you think about this one uh this movie was super cringe and uh i remember liking it a lot as a kid i think i can't i also can't remember i know that my brother and i watched it a bunch of times um but this movie went about how I thought it was going to go as watching it as an adult. <laughs> so, I mean, I still thought that parts of this movie were cringe when I was a kid, I think, because there are parts of it where you're just like, oh, that's really weird. Yeah, I I didn't write anything here because I didn't know what to say. I didn't like this movie. Like, I just didn't like it. I that's never fine. saw it as a kid, so I don't have any nostalgia for it. And I just don't think it holds up. You know, um, we've seen a lot of movies that, like, age poorly or age well or you know all sorts of things um and it's interesting because like the other one because we've talked about how we always do like two at a time for our recording sessions so the other one we watched at the same time was third man on the mountain which is from the late 50s and that movie like aged extremely well and this one is only from the mid 90s and it just hasn't aged well at all um so yeah there's a lot of things that are cringe i just i don't know there were it wasn't like that fun or engaging and then there were a couple things in here that just made me like completely like no 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 like bad movie <laughs> what are you doing um yeah which probably gets us into the moments and i don't know how deep i want to go into a lot of it because a, a lot of these are just bad and i don't want to just like bash on the movie but what jumped out to you so his family was awful yeah um his dad also really terrible also like the actor that played his dad is like one of those actors that always plays awful dads sure for some reason um but also like they treat their youngest child sort of like 
I don't know, like an accessory. Like he's just there and in the way all the time. Yeah, they're not nice to him at all. And like the brothers suck too. Like the whole family. I mean, I guess the mom's kind of okay, but like the rest of them are just bad. But she doesn't stop the other people when they're being bad. So she's an accomplice. Like it's just a bad situation. Yeah, I said that. I was like, his mom is nice, but she doesn't stop the rest of the family from sucking. So yeah, there's also like, so much bullying going on in this movie from like the other children but also like not to like make fun of anybody's names or anything but what were the names in this movie like butch and preston like come on (laughs) yeah i mean it was 90s like it was i think they were more acceptable in the 90s it didn't i don't know they're not names that we use as much today but it doesn't mean they don't exist Um, no that's true but, like, along with the bullying note, I felt like there was just so much, like, pushing and hitting and shoving just between him and his brothers and him and the other kids at school. And it doesn't feel at all like a kid movie would today, you know? And it, it's not that there's never, like, uh, an altercation or some kind of, like, a violent situation in a kid's movie. But usually it's, like, one and it's meaningful to the plot. This just felt like consistent people just being, like, not over the top violent, right? Like not that kind of violence, but just like that kind of bullying, pushing, shoving, like being too physical. And Mm -hmm. it felt so weird, but I guess it was kind of more acceptable at the time. There were so many movies that came out around the same time that were like that. And like, I don't know that like most of them don't hold up at all because I've watched other movies that came out around this time that I thought I liked as a kid. And I was like, oh, boy. Yeah, absolutely. Never watching this again. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, the so the kid buys a bunch of stuff and that's like a lot of the movie. And that's probably one of the only parts that I kind of semi liked was that he like some of the montages or the situations where he's just like buying stuff and having a good time as a kid. I was like, okay, I see like why this worked at the time and why it was mm-hmm. appealing to kids. Um, but there were two things I definitely wanted to talk about for moments. One was, or maybe should we get the cringe, the cringiest one out of the way first? Oh yeah, probably. Okay. He, he like dates a 30 year old woman and he's like 13. And then also at the end of the movie, they kiss and it's like the worst thing in the entire movie. It's so wrong on so many levels. Well, then she also, like, he asks her if he'll ever see her again. And she was like, why don't you give me a call in, like, 10 years? I'm guessing she's not in her 30s. I want to say she's, like, in her 20s. No, But still, because he was Uh. like, what about six years? And I'm like, still not old enough, child. Still, And she's like, okay. And I'm like, no, just no. No. No, and even, like, just looking at the age of, like, the actress and the actor like the age of the actors that are in those scenes you're like okay that's just like it's just wrong it's just like no it's bad um okay so that's the worst one i don't want to dwell on it because it's bad um but the other two that i wanted to call out that made me stop and really like pay attention one he commits forgery for a million dollars using his home computer yeah like it's just like a printer like a printer that any of us have in our house he just like feeds a check into it and he's like a million dollars and tries to figure out a signature for it and it it just works like okay sure interesting um and then the other one that threw me for a complete loop is that the house he buys is like a literal mansion it is this huge castle of a house and he gets into a bidding war for it 
and he gets the house for $300,000 and they're acting like it's the most ridiculous price that any of them have ever heard of. And if he didn't get into the bidding wars, the house would have been 160 k Yeah. I just, I could not get my mind around how much the housing market has changed since the mid-90s. It is insanely different what the housing prices are right now. Yeah, because there's no way that house would have sold for less than a million. Maybe it would have been way more than that. I think it would have been way more than that. Yeah. Yeah. It was just like, it's crazy because back then, right? Like in 1994, you're like, whoa, he bought it for so much money. And then now you're just like, what? That's jump change. I could buy that. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and like just to give perspective, so because I live in the Twin Cities and like I bought a house a couple years ago and my brother is looking at buying a house and like I have friends that are buying houses like I still have a pretty good pulse on the housing market here um and so I'm in the Midwest right I'm not even in the most expensive parts of the country and the median house price in the Twin Cities area right now is $350,000 the uh, median for like an, an average house and that's $50,000 more than what he paid for for a mansion and that was yeah. supposedly a double like a hundred percent more than he should have paid for that mansion right Mm -hmm. it's just i don't i can't i don't even know just yeah don't try to wrap your head around it because it won't you can't (laughs) yeah but anything else from your side of things um well it was a little ridiculous right like so the kid gets a blank check after his bike gets run over by the bad guy right yeah and so then he like puts prints out which by the way he wrote out how you put on a check perfectly in whatever like word program he was using on his ancient macintosh computer yeah um which i can't even do that normally gotta use a template my friend why never mind but also i'm not printing on checks um but he walks in and like tries to get cash, like cash a check for a million bucks. And like, why is the bank manager barely questioning why a child wants a million dollars? Yeah. And that's kind of part of the premise, but the bank manager is just like, he makes a very bad call in that moment. Yeah. I, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I still laughed at the part when he looks at the kid and he goes juice. And he goes, no, thank you. I'm not thirsty. <laughs> <laughs> I still find that uh... part very funny. But there's just, like, questionable things that happen, right? Like, why is the 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 bank lady, like, showing up at his house to help him open up a new account? I was like, that would never happen, first of all. Like, no. But also, he's a child, so why would he question that? Um, but also, this kid blew a million dollars in six days. Six days. <laughs> That's a lot of spending. It is. But you know what, though? Like, I want to say that I'm shocked, but I'm actually kind of not. Because if you give a a kid who's like, you know, a preteen a million dollars and they can do whatever they want with it, they're absolutely going to blow through that very fast. Yeah, I think it's more impressive how he wastes that much money because it's on like toys and stuff, you know, like, yeah, toys are expensive to a kid, but 
when you have a million dollars, toys are not going to rack up that big of a bill that fast. No, because he had to have spent it on because he bought like a state of the art security system for the house. And then he also right. bought the house. Right. And then he tried to throw this like elaborate birthday party. But can we talk about how the the party planner was like, oh, you shouldn't be walking around with this money. People will just rip you off as she's ripping him off. <laughs> that was kind of funny. <laughs> But I like how she kicks everyone out when he can't pay the bill or whatever. She's like, everybody out. This party's over. I'm like, girl, you already spent all that money doing this party and you're just going to kick everybody out. Yeah. It's like it's already been paid for. Like, okay, interesting. I just I mean, at the end, like it was pretty funny that that they were looking for, you know, Macintosh or whatever. And. The bad guy, Quigley, he was like, I'm Macintosh. And they're like, cool, arrest him. (laughs) Yeah, I did like that last scene, too. That worked. But also, why was nobody looking for him? He clearly broke out of prison. Yeah, it's, I don't know. It's weird. Um, Which kind of gets us to the bad and the good. So I feel like there's a lot more bad than good in this one. Um, Things that kind of hit on already for me, like people just being overly like rough and violent in a way that's, I don't know, just weird. Uh, 90s sexism, because it's definitely in this movie. The creepy part where there's like a 30-year-old dating a 13-year-old, didn't like that at all. No, no, please no. Um, and then just overall, and I guess we didn't really hit on this, but the movie's just kind of like a little sad and depressing for the situations that it puts people in. Oh, yeah. The kid has no friends. Yeah. Like... The only friend that he has is the limo driver. That he's paying. That he's paying. Like, he has no friends. And his parents suck. Yeah. Yeah. I just put bullying and bad parents and then literally fraud. Fraud. Yep. (laughs) Um, The good, I think the only good thing for me was, like, the kid's spending spree. Like, some of that was kind of funny. Yeah. I was like, the kid literally spends a million dollars in six days. That's pretty good. Yeah, it's like, okay, well done, I guess. Uh, Would you watch it again? Yeah, no, thanks. No, 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 no. I'm good. Um, Watch along. If you guys want to watch what we're doing next, you can watch uh, The Sword in the Stone from 1963, D3, The Mighty Ducks from 1996, the one and only genuine original family band from 1968. (laughs) We're like scraping the bottom of the barrel for the 60s. We're almost done. But this one, there was something about this, and I can't remember off the top of my head, but it was like a first, so we're going to do it. Yes. (laughs) Um, and like A Bug's Life from 1998. So we got a yes. nice mix coming up. Uh, don't forget, we have a network. There's podcasts, there's streamers, there's the Geekery blog, all that and more at geek2geekmedia.com, which brings us to Weekly Geekery. Katie, what have you been up to? Um, well, I started, I've been doing the Vampire Diaries rewatch, which I think I've talked about this on here before. I think you mentioned it, yeah. Yeah. Um, but they had a spinoff show that they started called The Originals, which they took some of the characters that they introduced in vampire diaries and spun them off onto their own show and i've never actually watched that show before so i decided to sort of watch them in parallel um while they're like because they both take place at the same time so after their spinoff episode i started watching the originals also so i'm sort of watching both of them together um i got a little too far ahead in vampire diaries so i'm trying to catch up (laughs) on like where the originals would be because one of the characters from the original show had already gone back to Mystic Falls and made an appearance in Vampire Diaries. So I'm trying to get to that point, which I haven't gotten there yet. Yeah, cool. Um, And then I started listening 
actually, I finished. I finished this podcast called Authentic, the Story of Tableau. So um, a couple weeks ago, I went and saw a Korean hip-hop group called Epic High. Um, they're amazing, by the way. Very impressive. They've been making music for like, oof, like tw- almost 20 years now. Um, and this podcast basically tells the story of one of their... So there's two... It's two rappers and um a dj tableau is one of the is like the main person in the group and this is the story of his life pretty much and like what happened to him 10 years ago and basically like to give the like too long didn't read version um about 10 years ago a group of people decided that tableau didn't actually graduate from the university that he went to and they basically started a campaign against him called Tejinyo. Um, and it was basically that means um, we demand the truth from Tableau. That's what it means. Um, because they believed that there's no way that a person who is a hip hop artist could have possibly graduated with a master's and a bachelor's degree from Stanford. That sounds stupid. It sounds insane. Yeah. But it there was like 200,000 people in this group. And they nearly ruined his entire life. To well, the that point sucks. Yeah, where it it was really really bad. Like it's it sounds crazy cuz you're like why do people care about where this dude went to school? Like why right. why does it matter? And I, I knew about this story, but it's honestly awful, like, listening to what happened because it tore his family apart. It almost ruined his career. It almost – he almost lost his life during this time as well. It's, like, it's really bad. I highly, highly recommend that people listen to it. It's – they, like, went full out in this podcast. They talked to professors at different universities that study K-pop and the Korean culture. They went to Korea. They interviewed Tableau and the other members of Epic High and some of his friends as well to get the whole, like, story behind it. They even interviewed a member of uh, Tajinyo of this, like, group because it still exists. And there are still people who believe, even after everything, that he lied, that he's not telling the truth. Even though uh, but you've, they so proved you finished it. the podcast, though it's like yeah. a good a good listen. Yeah, it's eight episodes, and it's it's really worth listening to. Like if you want to hear the most insane story that actually happened, like I would listen to this one for sure. Interesting. All right. Um, well, for me this week, I have uh, kind of a lightweight game. So it's called Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga. Um, it just came out not too long ago. And there have been a bunch of like Lego Star Wars games over the years and just Lego games in general. And I've kind of like been hit and miss with them. I bounced off a lot of them and a lot I just haven't even tried. But the I was talking to BJ, my co-host on the Geek Geek podcast, and kind of he was playing it and having a good time. And I was telling him about my problems with the Lego games. And as we were talking it through, he was like, Oh, they fixed a lot of your core complaints. So it was stuff like the levels just like weren't straightforward and the combat systems, there was like nothing to them. It was just like button mashing. And so this game is much more like full featured than that. Um, and so 
it was interesting to see how they've progressed it. But the real reason I brought this is because I've been having a lot of fun playing it with my daughter. And like, that's the core of where we've been enjoying it. I don't know if I would play this as a single player game. And I actually don't think she would either. It's almost a little too simple for both of us. But she, we're enjoying playing it together and like we've watched uh episodes one two and three together and then because we started playing this game she's like oh yeah we should watch the other ones so we watched like star wars a new hope the other day and then after we watched it the next day we came back and we played through like that story together in the game and the other thing about it that's kind of fun is that it really simplifies the star wars stories and it because it like smashes them down to just like a fraction of the story and only hits the highlights it's also a Lego game and it doesn't take itself too seriously. So they're constantly doing all these jokes where if you know the main story, they're just doing funny stuff instead, right? So it's like when you cut to Luke at his moisture farm with his uncle and aunt, he's just like guzzling a jug of blue milk. And it's just like, <laughs> you know, it's like a blue milk carton. And it, it's stuff like that. It's like visual humor that like it takes a second, but it just makes you laugh. So yeah, I've been having fun with that one. I don't know how highly I would recommend it, again, on your own for anybody, but if you're out there and you have kids and you guys enjoy Star Wars, um, this is a good one to play like with somebody else. I like Lego games. Yeah? I have Lego Harry Potter. Okay, yeah, if you like Lego games, then like you like Star Wars. You I do. You can grab this. I do like Star Wars, and I don't like playing super overly crazy games. Yeah, this is a this is very easy onboarding and it's like not I don't know. It you know, it's approachable, I think is the way to put it. Maybe I'll look at this one. Okay, you should take a look. Um that's probably it for this week. You guys can find us all over the internet. Our email address is disneyforeverpodcast at gmail.com or you can reach us on Twitter at DisneyEverpod. You can also talk to us in real time by joining our Slack workspace or our Discord server. I blog at agreenmushroom.com, and you can find me at grnmushroom. That's green mushroom without the E's on Twitter. I'm also on the geek to geek podcast with PJ Keaton. You can also find me on both Twitter and Instagram by searching the handle at Lady Catherine P. I'm also the co-host of two other podcasts with my best friend, Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea, and you can't stop me loving K-pop. This has been Disney Forever with Katie and Void. We'll be back next week as long as Disney keeps making content. That can't be forever, right? I mean, they'll probably make more movies, but we have more of these really bad ones from the 90s to watch. Uh...